just want to tell you about two quick things before I dive into the homily this morning. One, I just want to make sure that I mention it because I forgot to at the last Mass. It's kind of a historic day here at Sacred Heart. Two reasons. Yesterday was the official day that Sacred Heart became a parish 140 years ago. So it's kind of exciting. You know, November the 19th, 1882, we officially became a parish on the map Um, Not yet the Diocese of Charlotte, because that's only 50 years old. But just to think about that, and then today is the first day that we have our new organ playing at all the Sunday Masses. So it's just kind of awesome to think about just the historic aspect of the anniversary of 140 years, and then the first day with the organ, it's just wonderful when those things come together. I also just want to tell you on a personal level, I'm a little bit more nervous to preach this morning than I normally am. Uh, There is someone in the congregation today who is one of my harshest critics in the world, and that's my brother Rob. And you may remember, and I I don't think so highly of my homilies to think that you remember all of them, but two years ago today on Christ the King Sunday, you may remember that was the gospel from Matthew, the separation of the sheep and the goats, you know, but Lord, what do we do for you? Whatever you did for the least of mine, you did for me. Whatever you didn't do, you did for me. And I said... You know, it's the study, study exam for the final, final test. And if you took it today, would you pass? And then I sat down. And my brother said, it was still too long. I didn't really like it. So I hate to tell you this. It's going to be a little bit longer than last time, but it's all good. But no, it's so good, and I'm glad that they're back for Christ the King Sunday. And that we're all together on Christ the King Sunday. And I'll tell you, in just getting ready for this Sunday and reading all the readings and reflecting on just the title of this solemnity, the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, which is an awesome title. Like, literally, the word awesome is important there. I mean, the King of the Universe. And there are two things that kept coming to mind as I was praying with the readings we just heard and thinking about the solemnity, and that was the priest retreat back at the beginning of October And the second one, probably my quickest go-to Disney movie for analogies, Aladdin. And I'll start with the second one. And the reason I say that is, you know, when Aladdin and the genie are kind of getting introduced, and the genie is sort of like describing himself, right? And he talks about his, you know, epic cosmic power, teeny bitty living space, you know? So it's like you have this interesting juxtaposition of he can do all of these things, but he's sort of like enslaved to this lamp, right? Okay, our Lord Jesus Christ, king of the universe. You know, it's, it's better than the powers of the genie, right? It's, it's better than anything. Like as the old spiritual hymn says, he's got the whole world in his hands. And that's not false. I mean, as we look at the incredible unfolding of everything about our Lord in St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, I mean, it's describing the glories of the cosmos, and it's out of, you know, the outpouring of the love of the Holy Trinity, you know, the, the Word incarnate, wisdom incarnate, all this coming out from him. And I mean, you can go back and read the second reading later today. There's so much to unpack, and it's I mean, we can't even fathom it all, and he's the king of the universe, but teeny bitty living space. Okay, what do I mean by that? So he enters in to be in the midst of everything with us, right? And it's not that he's enslaved like the genie, and I don't really understand why he is. I mean, I don't know what the background is, so it, it does break apart very quickly. 
But when you think about his small space, his coming close, his being on the cross, as Jesus told St. Catherine of Siena in one of, one of her visions, he said, look, it's not the nails that kept me on the cross. He, so, he said, no piece of iron mongery could hold me to that wood. I was there because of love for you. And he means that for you and for you, for each one of us, it's his love that takes him from, you know, ordering the cosmos, keeping everything in being, loving all that is into existence at this very moment, and yet making himself completely approachable to be right in the midst of that and to do it in a completely self-outpouring sort of a way. Our Lord is utterly unselfish. And when you look at the sneers today in this gospel, and you remember last week I talked about like the greatest hits, right? Like we just kind of parachute in to the different parts of the gospel. A lot has happened since last Sunday. We ended in chapter 21. This is towards the end of chapter 23. We basically missed most of Holy Week. This is in the midst of Good Friday. Our Lord only has one more line after this one at the end of the gospel today. It's, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And then he lays down his head and he dies. So this is the very end. And, you know, for the last several months, we've been on the death march to Jerusalem. We're there at this point, right? And you think about that and the sneering of the rulers. What they're expecting is for him to be another selfish human being who reaches out and takes things for himself. When you listen to the language, he saved others, let him save himself. They expect for the continued tyranny of might makes right to continue on. And it's like, ha we're stronger than you. And they expect him to be selfish. They expect him to fall for the same trap that the devil wanted him to fall for in the desert. If you're really the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you're really the son of God, prove it. Throw yourself off the temple. If you're really the son of God, take control of all these cities. All you got to do is worship me. Fall into the trap of selfishness of the devil. But that's not what Jesus does. Notice that his lines are completely focused on others. Just before the gospel today, we got the beautiful line that is worth retreats to go and meditate on, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So I mean, as he is literally nailed to the cross, his thought isn't, please, some relief here. Gosh, I want to take these guys out. I'm so upset about it. No, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And then you look to the good thief and what he's saying to our Lord, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Not saying I got to get out of this. He knows like, hey, he sinned, he's fallen. His punishment corresponds to his crimes. He knows that he lives in a fallen world. But rather than demanding selfishness, he wants to be remembered by our Lord. And to think about those beautiful words, amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And I think it's really easy to just jump to that last word of paradise. To just think about this, okay, he went to heaven, good for him. What about us? You need to stop and kind of take a little bit of time with that little prepositional phrase right before paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. I mean, we're just about to move into Advent, into the Christmas season. You think back to Gabriel's announcement that God would become man. What is his name going to be? Emmanuel, 
God with us. And ultimately, what what this man is getting is to be with Jesus, the one who is, you know, great cosmic power, teeny bitty living space, coming right there, wants to be right next to this man, laying down his life, not thinking about himself, so that this man can be with him. And that's where we're striving to be as well. That kind of brings me to that second thing I was thinking of, so not just Aladdin, but the priest retreat back at the beginning of October. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't excited to go to the priest retreat this year. I don't know, I was just kind of grumpy, I was tired, I didn't want to leave here. And you know, sometimes stuff like that, I don't know if it's just a temptation from the devil, or just, you know, it's like getting annoyed with your family, right? Like, I didn't want to go and be with all my brother priests for the week. It felt like a work retreat, you know, sort of thing. And I just, I don't know, I was in a glum mood driving out there, right? But I will say, that retreat, you know, as I pull out there, it's like, oh, woe is me. I had to go to Maggie Valley in the mountains of North Carolina in the fall. Uh, it's so, you know, it's beautiful out there. It's so like you think about the cosmos, like the leaves changing in the mountains. It was glorious. It was beautiful to see all that. The first reading with David being crowned, you know, king of Israel by bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Our Lord, who's, you know, head of the cosmos, comes in and enters into the family of David. It's like the great, you know, coming right down to the particular. I get to see all this glory. I go into the family of my brother priests, who kind of annoy me sometimes, right? It's like I had to go see Father Rossi. And so like moving into the midst of that, right? It's like, huh, it can be tough sometimes. And like the sneering that Jesus is getting. We're living in an increasingly tough time to be Catholic in the world. There's more sneers out there. There's attacks on churches, on crisis pregnancy centers, all this. So it's like all of these things, right? And we were very blessed this year to have an awesome retreat director, a very holy, good man, same as Monsignor Thomas Caserta, been a priest for decades in the Diocese of Brooklyn. And just, you know, beautiful, holy, and you can just tell like practical sort of a man. And it's so nice on things like this, you can set up an appointment to meet with him. And I did, and just kind of talked to him about some of the struggles I've been having lately and some of the difficulties I've been going through. And it was so great, because, you know, we went through the practical things, like, well, you know, are you staying faithful to your prayer? Yeah, Father, I am. Are you fasting a little bit? I am, Father, you know, all the time. He goes, are you, you know, staying in touch with your priest brothers? I am, you know, talking to him about all these things. And he goes, well, you know, John, it's not always easy. It's okay. You know, it's like one of those things where, oh, yeah. Because when you look back at the good thief, he's nailed to the cross, right? And sometimes we forget that in the midst of this very same gospel of Luke, Jesus said, if you would be my disciple, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross daily, which is one of the hardest words in all of sacred scripture, and follow me. And bearing the cross is not an easy thing. But love in general is not an easy thing. You know, to love someone doesn't mean, like, I'll be around you as long as I'm getting some good feelings from you, and as soon as that stops, I'm out of here. No, that's not love. Love is showing up. Love is being with the other. And the good news that we have is Jesus Christ, who is king of the universe, head of all the cosmos, wants to make himself humble and small, to lay down his life completely. I mean, think about what St. Paul said here. He is the image of the invisible God, which means that God is not selfish. God does not try to grasp everything for himself and take everything away and smash everybody down. He makes himself present 
He lays down his whole life and he invites us to enter into that same sort of selfless love, to strive for ultimately what paradise is all about, to be with him. And the glory of that word paradise, I mean, if you look at the etymology, where it comes from, it literally means a walled-in garden, right? It refers back to the Garden of Eden when death and sin and discord and division, all that are blocked out, that finally we are in that perfect with him and with each other, with the saints forever, when selfishness is wiped away. And sometimes it's hard to let go of that selfishness, to bear our cross, to keep going and to not fall into the sneering, to not fall into the cynicism, to recognize the glory all around us and the particular love in the teeny little living space in which we find ourselves, and to keep going, to recognize, yes, that to bear our cross is not always easy, but the good news for us is that we can imitate the good thief who shows us what to do, to say every day, Jesus remember me. And the good news for us is he continues to be present. He who is the image of the invisible God gives us himself in the Eucharist, stays with us, is right there loving us to the very end. And he just wants us to call out to him every day and say, remember me. And the good news is that invitation is always with him, coming from the lips of our Lord, be with me. Praise be Jesus Christ.